0: Where are you going to go for the best in college radio? The University of Central Missouri, of course. Tune in to the UCM radio station, The Beat. Hey, Mules and Jenny's fans. This is Sports Page, the weekly show where we dig into University of Central Missouri athletics. Each week, I visit with members of UCM athletics and get to know the people involved in your school's top-notch athletic program. We also go over some Mules and Jenny's news to find out more about your favorite teams. I'm your host, Roman Pfister, and I'm proud to present the top athletic program in the Mid-America Intercollegiate Athletics Association and one of the best programs in all of NCAA Division II athletics. This week, we're going to change things up a little bit and introduce you to the people that make watching all of your favorite Mules and Jenny's games from home possible. This week, I'm chatting with members of UCM's sports broadcasting class, part of CTV and the MIAA Network. First, we'll talk with the instructor, Darren Plummer, and then we'll meet a practicum student, Emily Dickmeyer. That's all coming up on this episode of Sports Page. (laughs) Mules and Jenny's fans. I'm joined now by Darren Plummer. Darren, thank you for being on the show today. Oh, absolutely. Darren has been with the University of Central Missouri since 2001 and has been the broadcast system engineer for the communications department since 2011. He currently teaches the sports broadcasting class at UCM, leading students to provide live stream coverage of UCM football, basketball, softball, and baseball. So let's hear it for Darren Plummer. So, Darren, this class puts on a high-quality broadcast for UCM athletic events that many other schools aren't doing. What is it about this school and this program that allows the students to accomplish such a broadcast?
1: Uh, You know, that's a great great question there. Uh, You know, I I feel like we have a certain pride. Obviously, our athletic teams uh, excel, you know, whether it's soccer, volleyball, football, basketball. It uh, seems like we always have a quality product on the court, on the field, on the pitch, whatever you want to say. And so it's only fair that we match that with, with the style of production that we can put on. Um, and so luckily our administration bought into that uh, idea that we put a little money up front, get the equipment that's necessary to put on a quality broadcast. We have the faculty, we have the resources within the university already to put on a quality broadcast. And so when you take those two uh, areas, uh, you know, the funding and then the, the quality of leadership, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. And so I think, uh, you know, that that's helped us put this class together and be able to provide uh, the, the quality broadcast that we
0: do now. So the sports broadcasting class from the get-go throws students into a real-life environment of a game-day broadcast. How does this best serve the students rather than a traditional classroom environment?
1: You know, um, Make no mistake about it. It, it, it begins in the classroom. You know, we have to learn uh, the ins and outs of the actual production team, what it takes to put on a broadcast, so we do that in the classroom. Uh, we were kind of spoiled this, this semester. Um, we didn't have our first game until September uh, 9th, um, which happened to be a football game. Uh, last fall, we had uh, our first game the first week of classes. Uh, we had a soccer game and so the students didn't have a lot of time to get acquainted with the equipment with the procedures how to actually do the broadcast and so we were kind of thrown in feet first this semester we kind of stepped back we were able to go over each of the positions within the uh, the broadcast trailer how to run the cameras, how to direct how to produce a, a quality show in the classroom we were able to do that the first few weeks before we actually got to the production itself and so um, you know, once we start, then, um, you know, we're, we're going sport to sport. You know, in the fall, we have football, volleyball, and soccer that all hap- happen simultaneously. Um, and so we're having to move from one sport to the other constantly. And uh, that can be challenging, but I feel if we prepare the students ahead of time in the classroom, uh, then those skills are going to, you know, they're going to use those same skill sets no matter what the sport is. And so... Um, it, it, it is a lot of demand from our students outside of the, the classroom walls, if you will. Uh, but that's, that's real life experience. That's something they're not getting anywhere else. Um, they can take that skill set that they learned in the classroom and then actually put it into action during the broadcast. And so, uh, even though I found that it takes tremendous amount of work from our students and I think our students excel, uh, when given the opportunity to be successful and, uh, you know. They're grueling nights, they're grueling weekends, and the students keep coming back for more and more because I, I think they love that hands-on opportunity that they're, they're getting.
0: So going off of it, what do you think that says about the students who participate in this class and, and all the different pieces of a broadcast to be executed in those events?
1: Yeah, I think it takes a dedicated student. I think it takes a student that uh, uh, knows what they want out of their future and they're future-focused And they know that by putting that work in now, putting that effort in now, such as yourself, you know, doing shows like this and stuff, it's going to help you in the future. You know, you might not get that instant gratification that everybody wants right when it happens. um, But eventually, you do it often enough, you're going to see how that's going to build up your resume, it's going to build up your demo reel, and you're going to make connections in the industry that could open doors for you in the future. And so, you know, I, I tell students day one you know, you're, you're going to put a lot of nights in. You know, games don't happen at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, right? They're happening at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., and they're happening on Saturday afternoons, and, and you know, it's not your typical workload for a student in a class. Um, but I tell them that, you know, they need to know because, you know, a lot of, a lot of students have jobs now, and so it can interfere with, with your job. Uh, obviously, students are taking other classes. It can interfere with your time to study, Uh, If we have a game, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night, um, you know, you might not have that time to study for that exam that you were supposed to have that Friday. So they need to be aware that they're going to have to manage their time and that uh, these games are are, uh, high demand and they're going to take a lot of effort. And uh, our students have constantly stepped up to the plate and, you know, quite honestly, knocked it out of the park every single time.
0: So technical skills are something that you teach from day one to students in the class, but what other skills do you see the students develop as they progress throughout the semester?
1: You know, I don't know if you would call it a skill, uh, but something that I'm mesmerized by every semester is the friendships. Um, You know, these students uh, build a bond, and I believe they only do that because they know the work that each one of them is putting in, and... The effort that each one of them's having to put in to do a quality broadcast, I, I'm a firm believer. We're only the broadcast is only going to be as strong as our weakest link, and I tell them, don't be the weakest link. Let me be the weakest link. You know, let me be the one that, you know, I didn't prepare you enough for this. Don't be the one that didn't put the effort in. And they, you know, constantly do that. They put the effort in, and there's times where, you know, a tripod. Uh, might have issues or something like that. And that's on me for not catching that that issue. And so uh, when we have issues like that, I take full responsibility for it. But, you know, our students are, are are the ones that are putting in the work and and doing all the the necessary items it takes to put on the quality broadcast.
0: And what does it make you feel as an educator to see their growth, uh, to see the growth of the students throughout the semester uh, getting better with each broadcast? Yeah,
1: I mean, I have a level of pride Um you know, I, I tell them, uh, I tell them a lot of things on day one of class, but I tell them that uh, there's times that I will hold their feet to the fire. If I don't feel like they're performing to the level that I know they're capable of, I'm going to call them out on it. And, uh, you know, I, as a father of a, a, a freshman in college and a freshman in high school, both, um, I take the same type of approach that I do with my kids, you know, and then I get that same reward of being proud when they, they answer the call, which they do every single time.
0: So for our listeners that might not know, whenever the MIAA does official review for sports like football, volleyball, or basketball here at UCM, the sports broadcasting crew is in charge of giving the game officials the angles of the play they're reviewing. So, Darren, what kind of responsibility does that mean for the students running the operation?
1: Yeah, so it's tremendous. Uh, this is actually the first year that we've had anything to do with the football replay. Um, It actually just got implemented last year, and they were using just coaches' cameras. And if you're not familiar with coaches' cameras, they're just kind of wide-angle cameras, and you really can't see a a lot of detail in. This year, the league required that they add a third camera, and they said they could use one of the media network cameras. So we actually, working with the football team, uh, give them three of our angles. So they have their own gear that they record our camera angles to, uh, and then the, the refs can come over and look at an iPad and, and zoom in and do all they need to uh, for an official replay. But it's our cameras, our camera operators that are providing that feed uh, during the live, live action. Basketball and volleyball are a little bit different. We, uh, not only do we provide all the cameras, we actually provide the system that records the camera angles. And then our students are getting the opportunity to interact directly with the refs of those games. When there's an official replay, they come over and they talk right with them. The ref says, hey, I want to look at the camera that's up on the mezzanine level on the east end. Uh, bring me up that angle. Okay, slow it down, fast forward, whatever it is they need to to see the play. And so that's an added opportunity for our students to get that experience because, you know, as a student, that, that's a high stressful pressure situation. And, uh, you know, I try to do my best to prepare students for that. Um, and again, they always come through and, uh, they're scared sometimes, but, uh, you know, I, I think pressure makes diamonds, right? So, uh, those students are are getting that opportunity to shine and, and showcase their skills. And it's something to where, yes, the replay operator is getting the opportunity to show the refs, the angles or whatever, but, so often do our refs say hey great job tell the camera operator great job they got that just what we needed and so it's a team effort and so that that official replay portion of it is is something that's separate from the broadcast uh, but it's still the broadcast team that's that's doing
0: it so each year, students from the sports broadcasting class get the opportunity to work the video board for the MIAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. So, what is the experience like getting the travel for such a big event and now shifting your audience from the viewers at home to the ones sitting in the stands?
1: Yeah, what a change, right? So, um, you know, the broadcast that you put on for viewers at home, like you said, the ball's the most important thing, right? The ball's in play you have to have the ball on, on camera. That's what the fans need to see. They need to see what's going on. They want to see how the defense is setting up. They want to see how the offense is is driving the ball or whatever. And, so, and you have to show every single play. Video board's completely different, right? Fans want to see coaches' reactions. They want to see players' reactions. They want to see, you know, was there a foul? What happened? So there's a lot of times during that uh, video board operation during the tournament that we're running replays of previous plays while live play is going on in front of them. But they get the decision to make. I can either look at the video board and see the play that happened last and, you know, did that guy travel or whatever, or I can watch the live game in front of me. So um, we're not taking away an opportunity for anybody to see. Like if we did that on a live broadcast, if we ran a replay during the next play, people wouldn't see that next play. So that's kind of a different element. So everything I teach in the class about how we have to make sure that we're always showing every play – That kind of goes out the window and say, okay, we're in a different realm now. The video board's a whole different beast. We run the cameras the same, but maybe now we get a little tighter shot. Maybe we follow a certain player or we get a coach on there more because they're animated. And uh, Now we're getting fans because they want to see themselves on the video board. So it's a whole different concept of production, doing a video board as opposed to a live broadcast. Uh, But there's a lot of skill sets that that transfer to both.
0: So... That event takes students that are very dedicated to the sports broadcasting program. It's an opportunity for them to travel and uh, do something fun with the broadcasting crew. How often do you see students in the class that may not have initially thought that sports broadcasting would be something that they're invested in, but somewhere along the line they've come to learn that it's something they really enjoy?
1: You know, I'm seeing it right now. We have an exchange student right now, Uh, Cheyenne is her name, and you know, when she came in, she's like, I don't know a lot about sports. Um, you know, I follow some sports, but she has been a rock star stepping up to whatever it is, whether it's running audio for us, running camera or whatever. And she's realized that, you know, maybe I'm not that sports type of person. Maybe I don't want to do this, but I can transfer my video skills or my communication skills into any aspect of the production. And so, um, you know, we have a lot of students that come in and are like, oh, I don't know football. They're football fans by the end of the, of the season because they've watched it and they've been, you know, taking part in it. Um, you know, I, I try to tell students, I know even if you don't like football, try to watch a football game when you go home. Try to watch the Chiefs if, if you can. We want to not replicate what they do, but a lot of things do stay the same. The way we follow the ball, the way we slow zoom in as the play develops. Those are skills that we need. So I show clips in class, but, you know, to go home and see it in real life and realize this is what our viewers are seeing, right? I want to provide the same type of atmosphere, the same type of production for our viewers when they're at home on the couch watching the mules take the field. And so, um, you know, I don't necessarily think you have to be a sports-minded person or even like sports at all to be successful in this class. And we've had had some opportunities for students that – Uh, they went into it thinking, I'm going to hate this and came out loving it.
0: So what kinds of improvements and adaptations are you working towards with the students to put on an even more, to put on even more flushed out productions when you're going forward in this class?
1: You know, that's always the goal, right? I don't ever want to get stale. I don't want to say, well, this is what we did last year. This is what we did last year. No, I want to push the envelope. So, you know, I'm one of those that sit at home and watch the chiefs or I watch Monday night football or watch different uh, types of games on, on TV. And, You know, I'll never forget. It's been about four or five years ago. I was watching a game, and they cut to commercial, and they left a live window up on the screen, so you could see what was happening on the field even though the commercial was playing. I said, "I can do that," and so I came home. You know, came back to work, and and I made a an overlay in in Photoshop, and I added some logos on it, and I you know incorporated that into our broadcast. And I think it's a cool element. So it gives our students an opportunity to look for those we call them color shots, where you're looking for crowd or you're looking for coaches or whatever that we can show during a timeout when we go to commercial. So the fan can either watch the commercial or they can watch what's going on live, but they can see that all together. Uh, Another uh, example of that, uh, I don't watch it very often, so don't judge me on this, Roman, but uh, I was watching wrestling one night, and a match was going on, and they went to a replay. But instead of going full screen with the replay, they kind of kept the live action on and the replay on the screen at the same time and it hit me like a ton of bricks this is what we need to do during basketball cuz basketball is so fast paced that if a nice play happens we can't do that replay right away because the next play you know they're inbounding the ball and the next plays happening so i did a, a, an overlay and set up a uh, a macro uh, that allows for the live action to stay on the screen. The replay shows for five seconds, and then the live action goes full screen. So, as a viewer, you don't have to watch the replay if you don't want to. You can still watch the live action. You're not going to miss anything. But for those that want to see that slam dunk or see that steal or that foul or whatever, and we can replay it real quick, have that option. So, I pick up a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I make it our own. I like to put, you know, our logos on it. And I, I make it. Uh, a feel for our CTV sports network and the MIAA network. Um, But yeah, I think you pick that up because that's industry stuff. That's they're getting that experience an industry style experience when we do that. And, and that's what I want to bring to our viewers is that ability to, you know, not tell the difference. You know, I want them to watch a Mules football game and say, you know, on Saturday and then watch a chiefs game on Sunday and be like, Holy cow, these were pretty similar broadcasts. Now, we do four cameras. They're doing like 22 cameras. But, um, you know, I still think we get a lot of that stuff, you know, um, and we, we try to bring that into the production.
0: It really is always about learning, uh, even beyond, the even when you're out of school like yourself, that you're always learning Absolutely. to implement stuff into a broadcast. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think it's important um, in in anything we do, if we get complacent and we just say, well, it worked last semester, so we'll just do it again. Uh if you don't strive to be better in everything you do, um, you know, then, then what's the point? I tell my students, you know, I, I this might be a little controversial for me to say, but I firmly believe that we're the best broadcast team in the MIAA. But I'm not happy with that. I, I'm not going to say, well, we're the best. We're just going to keep doing what we do. No, I'm going to push it. We're going to do something new, something different every semester to maintain that ability to call ourselves the best broadcast team in the MIAA.
0: All right. Well, Darren, thank you for giving our listeners some insight into the sports broadcasting world, and good luck to you and your crew going forward. All right. Thank you, Roman. Appreciate it. That was Darren Plummer, the instructor for UCM's sports broadcasting class. When we come back, we'll hear from practicum student Emily Dickmeyer. Stay tuned for more Sports Page on UCM The Beat.
2: We have so much to celebrate in Division Two, but we're especially proud of our commitment to make a wish. Division Two student-athletes have led a 10-year initiative. To raise funds and help grant wishes of children with life-threatening medical conditions.
3: Nearly $3 million have been raised, and hundreds of children's wishes have been granted. We play hard, we work hard, and we support others in need. Why? It's simple. Because we care.
0: Welcome back to Sports Page, everyone. I'm joined now by UCM Sports Broadcasting Practicum student, Emily Dickmeyer. Emily, thanks for being here today.
2: You're welcome. Glad to be here. Glad to be here.
0: Emily is a senior digital media production major here at UCM. This is her second year working with the UCM sports broadcasting crew. Emily is also involved in the Media Creators Association here at UCM and has done work for Zimmerman Productions for Kansas City Monarchs games. She is set to graduate in December with her bachelor's degree. So, Emily, you're a student in digital media production here at UCM, But if memory serves me right, you weren't initially focused on sports broadcasting. What made you continue on to be a practicum student for the crew?
2: Sure. So actually, I was originally uh, an audio student, and when that didn't go as planned, I switched over with sports broadcasting in mind, or the class intro to sports broadcasting. And in that class, I honestly just fell in love with broadcasting athletic events here at UCM, and being a camera operator, directing technical directing, all that stuff.
0: So the sports broadcasting class lets students get experience at every role, whether that's working a camera or working in the broadcast trailer. Which position is your favorite to take, and why why is it your favorite?
2: I would definitely say being a camera operator is my favorite because I am – the one that gets to tell the story of what's happening on the court, what's happening in the stands, what's going on, and letting people that are watching the broadcast know. And like I said, just telling that story. And I think taking cinematography helped me with that a lot too, with framing and creating emotion in the shots as well.
0: So as a practicum student, what kinds of added responsibilities do you have that a student taking the class for the first time might not have?
2: So I know before the semester started, we did a lot of the, the pre-semester work. We set up most of the equipment. Uh, we ran cables. We get things going before the students get there so that all they have to do initially is set up their cameras and tripods, and we get to break for lunch. Um, Jason Orr honestly has most of the responsibility as the engineer. <laughs>
0: So, students from the sports broadcasting class get the opportunity to work NCAA postseason events that come to UCM. How does the atmosphere for you as a broadcast production worker change, or even just as a fan watching from behind the camera?
2: I definitely think the stakes are raised in postseason games, knowing that if the Mules or Jennies lose, that's you know that's our last broadcast for the semester. So, I. I mean, we're just, you know, we're behind the screen, we're behind the camera, we're rooting on, we're we're cheering for the Jennies and the Mules just so much more because as much as they want to play another game, we want to work another game. We want to get that experience, and we want to see our team win.
0: So this year there are several practicum students in the class, including yourself. Uh, Since they've been there just about as long as you have, how have the relationships grown with the people you're working with?
2: The relationships between the other practicum students and I have definitely grown a lot. About a year, I guess it was over a year ago now that I met the seven other students that are now practicum students with me. And we took in- the intro class together. We took the spring class together where we had a live show. And now having seven of us remaining a year and a half later still working together. I mean, the chemistry is great. We... We share personal information with each other. We're friends. We hang out on a regular basis outside of class. And it truly makes the workflow just flow that much better because we know each other's strengths and weaknesses, and we know how to work with one another just because we know each other so well.
0: So what do you think is the most valuable skill you've learned from working with the CTV crew, technical or otherwise?
2: I'd say the most valuable skill I've learned from this is definitely troubleshooting and learning to find the problem myself before asking other people. I mean, not that other people can't help you, but sometimes it—I mean—it it is nice to know how to fix things yourself before having to go and find someone else to help you or calling up Darren, especially when you're on camera one on the roof of the, the building. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good skill to have to be able to figure out problems for yourself.
0: So not only have you done work for the CTV crew here at UCM, but you've also been on some Zimmerman broadcast for Kansas City Sports. How does what you've learned in the sports broadcasting class translate to the professional circuit?
2: It translates a hundred percent. The responsibilities that I had with Zimmerman and the crew in Kansas City were basically the same. Like we would show up and we would set up our cameras and we would run the cables and that was it, and we were ready to go. And I knew how to do it because of the sports broadcasting class.
0: So, have these experiences served you as you get ready to step out into the job market in just over a month at this point?
2: It's crazy, isn't it? In just some, like less than a I month, mean, it's, it's one month today I'm graduating. That's insane. I would say all these experiences have just added up to me being able to figure out what's going on if I have a problem, setting up multiple different types of cameras, different types of tripods, running cables. I mean, just the basic things of just learning what different cables look like. All that stuff is just so necessary in the job field and I feel like I can work on almost any type of production now, a live production, because of what I've learned in sports broadcasting.
0: All right, one last question, Emily. What's your favorite memory of working with a sports broadcasting class?
2: There are a lot of good memories from this class. Being in it for, or being with the same crew now for a year and a half, there's a lot of good memories to choose from. But my favorite memory is probably our fall 2022 semester final. Um, We went bowling, and there was a draft where the two practicum students at the time or I guess it was yeah the two practicum students at the time Dylan and Luke they had a draft and they got to pick who would be on their teams and Darren as well and it was just a it was just such a party at the bowling alley everybody was having a great time talking smack uh, bowling really really well we were all very shocked by some people that was probably my best memory
0: all right well that's a good memory to have Emily thank you for joining me on the show today and good luck going forward
2: thank you thank you. <laughs>
0: That was senior broadcasting student Emily Dickmeyer. When we come back, we'll go over some UCM athletics news. You're listening to Sports Page on UCM The Beat.
3: Champions know how to seize opportunities. When they see moments of greatness unfold right before their eyes, they push as hard as they possibly can. And then they push harder. Because the heart of a champion never settles, never quits and never stops giving its all. We are champions. We are division two. We go big, we give it everything we've got, and we win on the field, on our campuses, in our communities, for our causes, in our careers. We rise to become champions in everything we do. We are division two and there are no limits here. We make our time count. We set our own path. We become champions on our terms. It's time to up your game because we're here to play and learn. But most importantly, we're here to discover ourselves, our vision, our heart, our drive to achieve every goal we aim for because we want to be champions at the highest level, life. At Division Two, the opportunities are here. Are you ready?
0: mules and jenny's fans time to talk about some news from some mules and jenny's teams the mules are miaa champions in football sharing the title with the pittsburgh state gorillas after defeating fort hayes state 47 to 28 and after the gorillas lost by one point to the griffins of missouri western 31 to 30 this marks the 10th conference championship in mules history and the first under josh lamberson as the head coach Mules quarterback Zach Zabrowski is the MIAA Athlete of the Week for the third time this season after last week's performance. With 459 passing yards, he now has five games over 400 yards and nine over 300. The AFCA poll ranks the Mules at number seven, and the Mules are number four in Super Region number three. They travel to Jefferson City on Saturday, November 11th, to play the Lincoln University Blue Tigers. Number 15, Jenny Soccer, is the second seed in the MIAA. The Jennies are set to take on the third seed Fort Hayes State for the MIAA semifinal on Thursday, November 9th. The match will take place at the Stryker Soccer Complex in Wichita, Kansas. This after defeating the Broncos of Central Oklahoma 2-1. As of current regional rankings, the Jennies are number 4 in the Central Region. Jenny's basketball will begin their season at the MIAA-NSIC Regional Challenge in Claremore, Oklahoma, at the Claremore Expo Center. The Jennies will play two games during this opening road trip. Friday, November 10th, the Jennies will go up against Northern State at 4 p.m. and play MSU Moorhead the next day at 2 p.m. According to the WBCA preseason poll, the Jennies are number 10 in the rankings. This after going 25-5 in the last season and making it to the MIAA Championship and the first round of the NCAA Central Regional Tournament. Jenny's Volleyball is ranked 5th in the NCAA Central Region. They sit right behind Nebraska Kearney, who's in the 4th spot. The top 8 in the region will qualify for the NCAA D2 Women's Volleyball Tournament when the final rankings are released on November 20th. The Jennies have a record of 19-7 overall, collecting their 7th win in a row on November 4th after defeating Newman, 3 sets to 0. The Jennies have a pair of games left against Fort Hayes and Nebraska Kearney before the MIAA tournament begins on November 16th at the St. Joseph Civic Arena in St. Joseph, Missouri. Well, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you all for joining me, and remember to share this show on all your social media and use hashtag UCMTheBeat. Be sure to tune in next time for more Sports Page on UCM The Beat.